everybody, and welcome to episode number 41 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Uh, and Joe, stage three, it has begun. Uh, we got a new map in there. We got Havana, uh, but we have the same old meta, Goats. Um, a classic to be sure but we had i mean we had a week of games that we probably didn't think were going to be that close being close and games we did think were going to be close not being close at all um so those weeks are always interesting they're they're nice and surprising for for us the fans um so we'll get into we'll get into some of these i mean let's start off with it because the first thing that we started off with this week was another a uh, big surprise from the giant slayers, the Atlanta Rain, unable to slay this giant, uh, the San Francisco Shock, that is, uh, but almost doing it again. Joe, three to two, took him to five maps. Um, was I mean, is Atlanta truly up there? Are they are they getting up to, to the top tier? They beat New York twice now. They were so close with San Francisco, or. Was this just an off match for San Francisco? Did they not have that tenacity they usually have when they face teams like the Atlanta Atlanta Reign, where they they easily 4-0 um, anyone who honestly isn't Vancouver? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I mean, um, I think definitely that it's Atlanta who's done this now. Um, I guess three games in a row is is certainly notable. Um, I mean, later in the week we had a similar thing with Houston and New York, but. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm tempted to uh, give San Francisco the benefit of the doubt on this one. Uh, you know, this was their only match this week. Uh, they did come off this really nice long break. Uh, you, you know, so you could say, oh, that means that they ought to have been more prepared. But on the other hand, uh, they, you know, <laughs> you deserved some relaxation in two cents. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the first match of the week. Uh, you know, you could say it took them a while to get into the groove, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, there definitely is something um, about Atlanta, though, that they've they definitely found something that works. Um, you, you know, with the team they have, I mean, like like Houston's gotten really comfortable uh, with some of the things that they're running, and um, the, you know, the comfort, um, the, you know, especially, especially this map pool uh, that has sort of changed. It's relatively. Um, relatively more flexible probably than it has been the last couple stages in terms of like compositions you can run and stuff but knowing what you're comfortable with and um and to find a way to execute that even against some of these these big teams you know teams like atlanta teams like houston are showing us that's you know that's not a terrible strategy (laughs) yeah uh completely agree with you there to look at san francisco's side i mean they won so we, we can't I mean, it, it's a good sign for your team when uh, we're here on this podcast talking about them winning three to two as if it's a bad thing. Almost, um, that means that your team's really good, and you should not be winning three to two or going to five maps against against teams like Atlanta. Um, so, congrats to them for being. I mean, they they won last stage. They're the top team right now in both our power rankings. Um, and honestly, last stage, I mean, they just absolutely dominated. So I think it's a little shocking <laughs> to see um, see them go to five maps uh, because we haven't seen that in a very long time. 
Um, but I do think their tenacity, I do think they looked a little worse than they usually do. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they came out with the win in the end and they definitely look back to normal once we were on Gibraltar and especially on Oasis, a map, which, uh, they kind of just dominated. Um, and this is actually Joe, my, my match to rewatch because, uh, I mean, Atlanta, they, they're giant slayers and they're giant killers. They didn't kill this one, but they got close. And I think it was an entertaining match. Um, and you should go on the Overwatch League uh, replay viewer and maybe rewatch this one. Um, which it's true. It exists now. Yeah, it exists now. And we'll talk about it a little bit, a little bit more later in the show. Both me and Joe have used it now a bit, and, and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, that's that was San Francisco Shock, Atlanta. And let's let's just move on to the next the next big uh, big sort of upset because New York still ended up winning this game three to two, much like San Francisco. But it was a game we didn't expect to go to five maps, as you were saying, Joe. Houston Outlaws, New York Excelsior. You talked about it a little bit here um, already, uh, but Houston. I mean, what 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 made the difference here for Houston? They, I mean, they're three and eleven team, Joe. Um, but they're still competing here, competing with the New York Excelsior, taking maps off of them. And they've, they've been taking maps off of some good teams so far this season. But, I, I mean, in this game, they looked they looked better than they did uh, in, in most matches. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and they looked really comfortable, too. Um, it's a, a similar story uh, between this Houston-New York match and the San Francisco Atlanta one, uh, but after three after three maps, Houston was actually up two one. Uh, New York had to come back and secure uh, four and five. Uh, but yeah, they're playing Ilios um, Numbani um, in particular. Um, Houston being able to pull out um, the move on the wrecking ball and some uh, really good DPS um, compositions that again they've been sort of like flirting with near the end of. Uh, stage two, uh, but, but but being able being able to do that and being able to execute that successfully, I mean, um, you know, this this is um, New York playing lots of uh, Sombra goats this week, uh, bringing in Saviolbi on the Sombra, uh, who's just sort of gotten a new specialization now in this meta. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, Houston, same thing, trying to uh, do, do something they're comfortable with. You know, we've established that. Um, the like traditional three three goats is not so much their forte, but did uh, yeah pulling this out uh, looking really strong when they were playing it, uh, but then getting to uh, getting to maps like Gibraltar, which was a lot of uh, just goats mirror that uh, you know New York's traditionally better at, and then uh, and then Oasis map five, um, you know the switch was flipped and, and uh, New York decided yeah we probably probably better ought to win this series, but. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, no, it was a really good show from Houston, yeah. and um, yeah, the, the, you know it's exciting for the future because they had a, they had a second game this week too. Who they play? Let me see. They played. I think they had two games this week. Houston did not. New York oh, did. Just one. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we'll yeah we'll have know. to see. I don't know what's going. Yeah, we'll have to see who Houston, how Houston does next time. But uh, yeah, Houston looking, I mean, not only looking good, I mean, they ran a lot more um, DPS comps, like you're saying, which is what they need to do. 
in my opinion. And uh, but they also looked a lot better on goats. They using goats, they got full. Even though they ended up losing this map, uh, they got <clears throat> they got the full run of Gibraltar using goats. Uh, and they used a lot of somber goats too, per usual. Um, but yeah, on it was it, it was definitely a sort of a, a map thing because there are a bunch of points on Nubani where their DPS comp was re especially that first point, and um, they ended up winning four to three because because they were able to take that first point with a with a DPS comp, um, and they were they do look. I mean, I've said it on this podcast before. They look like a completely different team when they're running those heroes that they're comfortable on. Uh, they're looking a little better on goats, but. Um, and, and they're able to obviously match New York on, on some maps on GOATS, but definitely not as good as New York. Uh, but I am impressed by New York and um, Sabielby and his new his new role. I'm, I'm so happy to see Sabielby back, even though if it's just on, on Sombra. Um, Mrs. Tracer, but obviously Tracer is god-awful against GOATS. Um, so we'll, maybe we'll see that again one day, but I'm so happy to see... Sabi will be back in a role on stage. Miss the man, bringing his bringing a picture of his wife on stage, um, and now he's here again. Uh, so let's let's move on to the other New York match, so I can keep talking about Sabi will be, uh, which was against London on Sunday. We, I mean, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, we just jump around based off team team to team. But this is this is a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Joe, this was a game everyone. I mean, this was a, a part of a part of Overwatch League's new match of the week thing, where I, I still don't know exactly what what priorities. This. It just they just name a match of the week, um, and it was New York London. Uh, but it it was a four zero easy four zero for New York, um, which which. Uh, <laughs> We wanted it to be closer, right? Yeah, it was, and uh, a four-zero after London's uh, four-zero of Boston, right? So to get mm -hmm. or to, to sweep and then to come back and be swept. Um, yes, yeah, so, so a little bit surprising again, uh, especially based on how we saw New York earlier in the week uh, against Houston. Um, but yeah, they just uh, were, were looking really nice. I mean, again. Pulling out Sibiobi uh, a lot. We haven't seen tons of play from him this season, but uh, been playing lots of Sombra, um, and is good maps for it too, as far as that goes. Uh, London, um, I actually played lots of Quatermain this um, this week as well, and so presumably that's their plan for this stage, um, which was cool to see him want the Lucio in particular. But uh, yeah, I think some of these. Uh, so these teams that had some struggles uh, this week, I wonder is if it's not more of a factor of uh, just some of their roster decisions and and you know bringing in new players and trying to incorporate that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. It, like for example, maybe in London in this case. Yeah. Quartermain, um, obviously the the Korean rapper, amazing guy. Um, but yeah, he maybe he just wasn't into acclimated into the roster quite yet because against new york the um two maps he played were ilios horizon they took no points on either of those maps um they had to take them out and then hollywood they finally were able to take some points but then on 
I mean, he wasn't there for Havana and London wasn't able to take anything there. So um, maybe he's not the main problem. But yeah, it, it is always tough. I mean, especially with goats, it's always tough to uh, to put a new player in because it's just such a team communication focused composition that putting someone in there is it's going to change a lot, actually, um, even though it's just one person. But yeah, London, I mean, they to talk a little bit, we'll, we'll briefly go over this Boston game too. I mean, they, I mean, they destroyed Boston, um, absolutely killed them. And then Boston lost to Paris as well. Uh, so, I mean, maybe it's just Boston. Let's talk about Boston, actually Boston. <laughs> What's going on with them? It's, I mean, another team, uh, with lots of different, uh, you know, different different lineups we've seen from them. I mean, running uh, Persia Alamo, I think, on most, if not all, of the maps they played uh, this week. You know, it's cool, you know, that, uh, again, maybe they've been, uh, they've taken this break or some time during stage two also to, like, prepare um, these duos. I can't think of other teams off the top of my head that's done the same, but I'm sure as we talk about some of these matches, um, it'll come to me. But uh, but yeah, that some of that uh, flexibility, uh, the you know, can can hurt you. I imagine in this these first couple weeks of the stage. I know Toronto is another team uh, played lots of Gods and Sherrick on uh, DPS and main tank uh, this week. Although I guess they only had one match against Paris, but we saw them then. Uh, it's, it's the same sort of thing that being able to pull out these these new players is valuable, but uh, you know. You have to make sure that you can get into that as soon as you possibly can. Yeah, um, using using that depth is always good, but um, I mean it's something even with uh, with with um, Echo Fox, the the team I work for in League of Legends. Sorry to those people. I mean, right now they're going through uh, sort of a roster change at the beginning of the split too, and it's just tough because. Um, you may be bringing in i mean most of these teams are bringing in players who have never been on stage before and while they may be performing well in scrims um and this might be the most optimal rap roster uh, according to practice uh it's a completely different world when you get on stage and you're in front of that crowd um and the pressure's on and you're actually in a game and i think that's the biggest difference boston with this lineup with alamo um and all the changes they might they might be doing super well in practice, but um, which which apparently is something Boston hasn't done all year really. Um, but they they might be doing super well in practice, but it's a completely different situation once they get these guys on stage, uh, especially in a big game against like London. I mean, they looked pretty bad against London. Against Paris, they lost three one, but um, this was a much closer game. They. We're actually competing with Paris on uh, the last three maps. I mean, if you're Boston, you definitely should be beating Paris. Um, but it, at least they looked a little bit, a little bit better. So it's it's just hard to make in esports. It's hard to make roster changes right now because everyone's almost a rookie on your bench. Um, so I guess I guess it's good that most of these teams are coming out and they're they're trying to put these players in that they think are better and deserve to be on stage um, right now and sort of getting them out there. But I mean, we're getting to the end of the season here, Joe, these teams really need to 
figure out their rosters quick, especially like Boston, um, who I mean was in a good position at the at the end of the stage to be to to fight for that sort of twelfth place area. Um, now they are in thirteenth, so they're still fighting for it. But they they were in a much better position. I mean. They had a fantastic start to the season compared to where they are now. Um, Speaking of teams that had a poor start to the stage, we can talk about Chengdu. Uh, yeah. They played their, played their two matches this week against um, Guangzhou and LA Valiant. Uh, probably, I think it's fair to say, both of those, um, you know, on paper, they could have easily won, but no, it was 3-1 and 4-0. Uh, against Chengdu and this is another team again that's been doing weird roster stuff too and you know not weird but making distinct roster changes I mean playing lots of GQ Ren uh, playing lots of uh, Gary actually on uh, on off support which was interesting or on one of the sports I don't remember which one but uh, it's the same sort of thing that you know if you've this is a team that's been playing around Ameng for you know months and months and, uh, and so making these kinds of changes again it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit shaky I don't know if uh, these these first two uh, matches were the ones to do it because again those were the ones you were really supposed to win but on the other hand uh, if you are supposed to win on that ought to make it easier to do <laughs> so, yeah exactly yeah, it's hard um, to say and even in the standing so it's I think it's Nice to point out both of Chengdu's opponents, Guangzhou and LA Valiant. Also, I mean, Guangzhou, I thought maybe, I mean, after after Guangzhou beat Chengdu, I thought maybe, oh, Guangzhou's finally looking better, but then they ended up getting stopped by Seoul later in the week. I mean, Seoul, obviously a great team. Um, and their other opponent, Los Angeles Valiant, lost to Shanghai Dragons as well, so... And you have these three teams, Chengdu, Los Angeles Valiant, and Guangzhou are all sort of grouped together in the season standings at 15, 16, 17. So um, Chengdu is, <laughs> they're on, the, they're on the, the downfall here. They're, they're dropping a little bit. Um, but I agree with you, it's hard to make those changes. I mean, that's, that's like the main storyline of this week, I guess. Everyone's trying to make changes, but... It's hard. To, they're 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 figuring out. It's pretty hard to do in the middle of the season. Um, I mean, but, but, we'll come back to that once we get into some of these roster news too. It's the same sort yeah. of thing with you know players on the bench looking for experience rather than bench time. But mm-hmm, exactly. Um, I mean, it's it's just it's tough. I, I'm not gonna argue against these teams that these aren't the optimal lineups because we've barely seen these lineups. I mean, from what we've seen so far, they don't seem like the optimal lineups. But it obviously, like I was saying before, it takes time and experience before a lineup is gonna be absolutely perfect. And I mean, in the end, I think running running uh, Gichiren instead of um, among as their main tank is probably going to be more helpful for the Chengdu hunters but I mean there's tons of people arguing that that's not true and the reason why they were so good in the first place was because they weren't they weren't they weren't trying to get into the meta um they were running that wrecking ball it was it was it was something that benefit benefited them more than running goats 
in the end is is there's an argument there for that um but and especially with now these apparent rumors that stage four is going to be two 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 lock um where have we heard that before a lot of places um <laughs> but yeah the the two 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 lock machine just keeps it keeps sending out people to give us rumors i mean i don't know i don't know who to believe i don't know i just want it to happen joe okay so i'm gonna believe it every time <laughs> i'm gonna get my hopes go. up <laughs> uh, <laughs> even an emotional roller coaster is better than no emotions at all yeah exactly i mean it would be <laughs> if it happens stage four it would be it might be the worst time to do it because it might be like <laughs> i don't know how many I teams mean, or, or second worst only um second to right before like the playoffs yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> because we've had this whole season if a, if a majority of the season is played on goats and then all of a sudden it's played on something completely different that feels so weird um we could literally have like there could be one of these teams at the bottom of the standings could be so good with this 2-2-2 lock. And they're like, like the Washington Justice is all of a sudden the best team. And we're just like, well, we don't even get to see them in the playoffs. It's way too late for that to happen. Where have we heard that before? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's meta. That's the me- that's esports for you, though. Um, it really is. That's why they added this wild card thing. But, they, I mean, they're still... There's still there's still some limits with the wild card thing, obviously, um, because some of these teams are doing so poorly right now that they aren't going to make the wild card, and then they don't deserve it. They really don't deserve it. But I mean, if that's such a significant change, we're used to like small changes in the meta, but two 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 lock would be such a significant change in meta, yeah. um, and how good these teams are. Like I think fusion's been pretty awful since since uh stage one was their last time they were looking good i think with 222 lock they look a lot better um like there are teams that are going to look so much better when they can like london is gonna look i mean london still has a good record with goats but they're gonna look so much better with 222 lock like these other probably paris would also yeah exactly like you have teams that benefit so have have great dps players that will benefit so much from a 222 lock and it's such a different it's such a different meta from goats so different um such different play styles that it's that it feels kind of cheap that we would have played like a majority of the season on a almost a different game <laughs> like you could you could legit call it a different competitive game than what we would get um in the last stage and in playoffs so i don't know how to fix it because we need meta changes it keeps things fresh obviously we're i mean we're getting less viewers here in overwatch league because it's goats for the third straight stage like you need meta changes in esports that's that drives viewership but at the same time it feels kind of crappy when like last year someone like the dallas fuel is a great team but they have no chance to make the playoffs so it doesn't matter even though they're great in that meta it feels just kind of kind of eh to and especially like it feels kind of eh like to have philadelphia and london who were mid-table teams um 
be the best teams in that meta and make it to the championship. It was cool, but it was it felt kind of maybe a little undeserved because you're like, well, these teams just got pretty lucky that the meta is favoring them heavily right now. Um, and now they get their names in the history books forever because of it. So sure. there's, there's another mini rant. We need like a segment name for my mini rants that I just go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other, I mean, you had, I, I want to talk about Titans gladiators because that's a match I was very excited for. Um, that was close at the beginning in the first half. Um, is there anything that's the last match of the week? Is there any game you want to talk about besides that, Joe? Uh, trying to think. I mean, uh, we can throw out our MVPs real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Because mine was uh, Fact Fiction, who's playing now his first stage for the LA Valiant, uh, coming in main tank. Um, both in their game against Shanghai, which which they did lose, but also against Chengdu, I'm um, looking pretty good in both of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not much, uh, not much bad you could say. Uh, well, I, I'm sure there is, but in terms of like the contribution to his team was significant uh, for both those matches. So it's cool to see him back. Obviously, spent some time on Houston's bench for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who I mean, playing behind Muma. Is you're not gonna you're not gonna play over Muma, but I'm super glad to see Fact Fiction back in the league because I think he's a really good t- main tank, just not better than Muma. Muma's great. Um, so yeah, it's good to see him on a starting lineup because he is good and he performed very well. Um, yeah, my MVP was Sabiel B to see him back. I, I hinted to this earlier. Um, but yeah, to see him back on that specific somber role and doing super well, especially against London, um, he's back on he's back on stage. He's looking good, um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him more. Samuel B, my MVP. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, and our matches to rewatch were uh, mine was San Francisco Atlanta, and I don't know if you mentioned yours is Houston New York. Right. Yeah. yeah, both those almost losses. <laughs> yes. Um, but Vancouver, they, I, I mean, there was a second Giant Slayer game, Atlanta versus Vancouver. They didn't take them to five maps, though, um, and it was not as close. And Vancouver was coming off that, going into the Los Angeles Gladiators, who were coming off a, a nice dominant 4 0 win against the Dallas Fuel. And I was. I mean that as a Gladiators fan, that got me real hype. I was like, "Oh, we're gonna beat, we're gonna beat the Titans. Like we're we're looking too good," uh, and we looked pretty, looked pretty good at the beginning. Um, I mean, Ilios, it was two zero. The the points were close though, um, and then Gladiators ended up winning Paris. I mean, we could talk about Gladiators Paris all day because they are apparently just masters of Paris now. <laughs> Um, with some fantastic sure for um, Bastion to play. They're playing a lot of sure for this week, which is great to see. A fan favorite, obviously. And some, uh, especially on Paris, uh, hydration on the Orissa. I don't know if you noticed that they played. Yeah. Uh, sure for Decay and Hydration were all in um, with Hydration there on the main tank, which was interesting. Yeah, and then. I mean, Hydration just flexed into so many things. Then Hydration moving over to Pharah eventually. And 
moving back to like Roadhog, hydration just all over the place. Um, and he looked really, he looked really good. I, he, I mean, a lot of obviously sure for is the showy one, but I think he was probably, um, one of the MVPs of this map, making some, some great plays on almost every hero he was on. Um, these, these gladiators DPS might not be like the most mechanically skilled, but I think they're the most, they're, they're some of the smartest DPS players in the in the league obviously sure four is super mechanically skilled but i think they both have really good hydration sure for both have really good game sense um and obviously we haven't and and obviously decay we got to see him a little bit on the Widowmaker and stuff like that he's a fantastically mechanically skilled uh damn sure but it's it's great in goats to see a team like the gladiators playing sure for hydration decay all three of their dps players in in one round right and, and having awesome. all that success yeah yeah, exactly. Um, but success, uh, it didn't exist anymore after that for, for the Gladiators. Uh, the Titans came out absolutely roaring, looking like their normal selves, looking like their normal dominant selves on Hollywood, and then watch Point Gibraltar to finish off this series, um, which kind of stunk after those first two maps because it seemed like it was going to be a lot closer um, than, it, than it ended up being, Joe. Um, but yeah, this is <clears throat> this is one I rewatched with the replay viewer too. Um, even though I watched it live too, I, I mean it was hard to hard to see again. But yeah, I mean I'm proud of the Gladiators for putting up a good fight against against the Titans, who are obviously they're still undefeated, two zero this week. Um, but yeah, any other games you want to talk about before we move on to the news? Um. I don't think so. I mean, Philly got stopped. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Andre looking good. 4-0. Still climbing that ladder. Uh, Dallas only 3-0'd Washington. I guess that's notable. <laughs> they tied a map. They did. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I guess Seoul, Seoul <laughs> had a dominant week, but that was against Florida and Chung, or Guangzhou. That's true. Um, but I think we talked about pretty much every other team. Toronto losing to Paris. I mean, Paris looking better. I don't know if I mean they against two teams with roster changes and and stuff like that. Maybe not the best. Uh, I do want to mention Gods for a second because Gods was great this week. Even though Toronto lost, he was he was eating grabs like crazy. I am so happy to see him on the stage, but also him doing super well. Um, God's bringing a spark to this to this to this to this Toronto roster for me a little bit, even though they ended up losing. Um, but yeah, these roster changes hopefully hopefully work out in the end for these teams, um, because you would hate to see them put in these new players and then eventually just have to revert in the end, and all of a sudden you just wasted all this time trying to acclimate these players and losing. Um, so that would stink for them. But let's move on to the news. Um, so to start off, I mean, we had, we, we should talk about all the, all the extra nitty gritty stuff from Owl, Owl Stage 3 here that they announced in a nice little press release, um, with their match of the week stuff, Havana being added to the map pool, um, the professional replay viewer, um, they had, (laughs) they had it, uh, with the PTR patch, 
as as the patch they were going to play on at first, which was a mistake, Joe. It, yeah. They let us down. The, the first announcement, so they had to change it within like hour, hour and a half, something like that. Yeah. And the other so, the other thing I saw, I didn't notice, but somebody on Reddit noticed, uh, is that the original post they had made, you know, they talk about oh they're playing in all this patch. There's changes to to Diva and McCree and and Ash and Roadhog and some of these other heroes, uh, and I didn't make the connection, but um, they realized that literally they had just looked at the PTR patch notes and just wrote down every hero that was mentioned, even mm-hmm. though like Ash and Roadhog and I think May and Diva was another one, uh, that like they had just had like voice lines changed or something. No. <laughs> but whoever wrote the article, they're like, "Oh yeah, this patch there's going to be game-changing changes for for all these heroes." <laughs> yeah, Joe, those are big. Those are big changes. Voice voice line changes. That the voice line meta. It's completely. It's completely changing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if they imagine if they change and they say, that would just be a whole new different game. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's big. I <laughs> journalism. You know, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's so sad because for a second there, me and you were like, oh, first per- first PTR patch, they're gonna play it on on stage uh, in competitive. This is crazy, and nah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, that's not happening. Yeah, so we'll have to wait till stage four to get the Diva nerf and the McCree buff and whatever else it was. Yeah, yep, guess we will. We do have Havana, though. Yes, we do have Havana, which, which is, is nice. cool. Super, super defender favored. Mm-hmm. It, seemed, it seemed like most of the times they played it got uh, stuck in the middle of the second, and that was as far as they got. Yeah, um, it, it feels like uh, at the beginning of most maps, they're defender favored, especially something like real. I feel like the longer time has gone, time has gone on, real the more Rialto has been sort of just a map where everyone is starting to get three points pretty consistently or at least two but i remember at the beginning of rialto it was like everyone getting stuck before point two or point one uh, well, i guess paris too yeah just true in- intentionally like there's one choke for the attackers and all that yeah and it might be something on stage too because going into paris everyone was like all i know like all the casters like all i know in scrims paris is going to eight points and ten like all this all this crazy stuff but it was super defensive and it still is pretty defensive and then it's not i don't think it's ever gone to like eight points on paris so it's just in scrims. i mean it's the same thing with league of legends and the scrims i watch all day like in scrims everybody is just like playing completely different um, and a lot less reserved than on on stage. Everyone's nervous to make a mistake, um, so they play a little more reserved. Yeah. So as perfect. as well, they should be now that we can all scrutinize them. Yeah, exactly. We can scrutinize <laughs> them via the replay viewer. Before we talk about the replay viewer, let's talk about these these jerseys, Joe. We we're a podcast famous for talking about colors, so <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about jerseys as well, even oh, though yeah. I'm. Even though I'm not a I'm not a clothes designer, I can't judge this stuff. Um, but I mean, you had you have a bunch of jerseys. Is this from twelve of the teams? I think it was fifteen out of the 15? twenty teams. 15. I couldn't tell you which ones don't have it. But Chung Du doesn't have one. Guangzhou. Um, those are the only two I can think of right now. Yeah, one I don't know. Has one. <laughs> yeah, Guangzhou and Chung Du don't have one. 
it was just the decision. It was you could just not make one, I guess, and they I decided guess. not to. Um, they decided they didn't want more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you had a bunch of. I mean, let's let's go through. I mean, Joe, give me. Do you, I mean this is this is on the spot here, but give me your top three. I'm sure. I mean, we're we're all subconsciously thinking about our top three constantly. I know I I thought of my my favorite ones, um, but what 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 are some of your favorite ones here? I think I don't like the um, uh, the Paris one, mm. just because it's just black on black, <laughs> yeah. and like you can't see anything. It's just like they're wearing a black shirt. Which I mean is fine, I guess, but it's I don't know, I don't like it. What do you um, think about the Dallas Fuel one then? It's pretty similar. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember what that one looks like. It's gray, and then the Dallas Fuel is black, and then, yeah, it's it's very similar. It, it's, it sounds like it might be at least a little bit more visible though. So that's something, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like uh, the Dallas Fuel because the Dallas Fuel one's a little cleaner than the. The Eternal One. The Eternal One, yeah. the logo's too big, in my opinion. Anything where the logo's too big, I already don't like. And even though I like... Like, I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> I don't I don't like shirts that are, like, too showy, almost. Like, I yeah. like the design of, like, the Gladiators, even though their logo's too big, but I still wouldn't wear the Gladiators one, even though I like it a lot. Um, yeah, let's see. The, the New York one's cool, because they've got a bunch of, like, landmarks... That's my, out of the... that's my favorite New York uh, the the shock one I guess is cool but it's like a lot of stuff going on at once with the like orange and black camo yeah it's fun to it's fun to read I don't know if you've been on the shop and you've tried to read these these descriptions because some of them are so PRE and like <laughs> just so like stu- like it's like what the hell it's like this is what it's supposed to represent but the San Francisco Shock one's interesting because they're actually, it's they're some of these teams are going for like, um, sort of a shout out to their other team, like the sports teams in their area, and that's what San Francisco's is, is apparently the black, the black and uh, gray part is a shout out to the Oakland Raiders, um, with the iconic orange of the San Francisco Giants. Um, which is, I mean, their whole color scheme is like a reference to the San Francisco Giants, so I don't know why <laughs> they had to reference that. Yeah. Um, and gray is also a part of their, <laughs> a part of their own. So I guess you could, I guess you could describe that being a part of this jersey, but also that probably the decision behind their like colors in general, even though the Oakland Raiders are Oakland, not San Francisco, and the Oakland Raiders are moving to Las Vegas in a year, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just all confusing. Yeah, it is very, very confusing. I still hate San Francisco Shocks Gray. Get it out of here. <laughs> the uh, Londons and Atlantas are pretty similar. They're both pink because it's peaches, and apparently, historically, like they would paint the, the Spitfire planes pink sometimes. Mm. Yeah, so that's like, kind of cool. I like the Spitfire one a lot. I enjoy that one. Um, uh, and the, 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 one... Only, the other one that comes to mind is. The, the Philly third jersey, which is just like black and white vertical stripes for no reason. 
Yeah, I like, like they how just they... Live with, like referees. <laughs> they look like referees, but their description is the Philadelphia Fusion third jersey aims to bring a more traditional feel to our look within the Overwatch League, sporting a classic black and white striped pattern. With emphasis on a cleaner, more refined look, the back of the jersey features a carved out hexagon- hexagonal shape, shining a spotlight on each of our individual players' name and numbers. Um... Yeah, so apparently black and white's a traditional feel. It is a traditional ref feel. I'll give them that. They do look <laughs> like referees. Uh, but yeah, a lot of, I mean, some of these are similar. I like the Outlaws one a lot. Like, a lot of these are things I wouldn't wear, but I, I understand why <laughs> they've made yeah. them. Like, the Outlaws one is a reference to the Houston Astros. That is, like, exactly what a throwback Houston Astros jersey looks like. They're the baseball team from Houston. For people who don't know sports, um, I mean, you have teams. Tor- uh, yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say Toronto's is also really weird. Yes, it is. Yeah, Toronto's. Like, I. I understand. Like, I feel like if just a little thing was changed, I would like it a little more. But I don't know what that little thing is. But it, it, it does look very weird. It's. Um, yeah, it's supposed to represent a bunch of different cultures, obviously. What is it? Oh, it's the number six uh, in yeah. a bunch of different languages. Mm, because Toronto is the six. Um, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, why, I don't know why Toronto's called the six. All I know is Drake has that song where he's running through the six with his woes and that's toronto um but i don't that's the only time i've heard toronto called the six i don't know why it's called the six though i'll have to look this up um so yeah i guess they just have six i like that concept of like having six in a bunch of different languages but it's executed weirdly i agree with you there it looks weird it looks like it it looks like a dress or something like it looks weird like the 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 top hat but like where they're where the top half of their torso is it looks like a completely different jersey from like the bottom down it looks weird um but i like the like i like most of these i understand what's going behind them but some of them like like but it's funny with some of them that just like they're trying to like make it look cool they like try to explain like why they did things as if it relates to their city like boston's they're like trying to explain like these how these stripes relate to boston and all the stuff and i'm just like no I don't. <laughs> they're just stripes <laughs> the blue yellow and white vertical lines personify the team's boston up chant <laughs> oh of course <laughs> that's exactly what i thought of when i saw those lines i was like oh just like boston up that is the personification of boston up yeah, and I, everyone's chanting Boston up all the time. I hear it all the time in the crowd. I haven't heard anyone chant Boston up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so some of them failures, some of them, some of them cool. Um, not too many I would actually buy myself because they're a hundred dollars, um, and they would have to be really cool for me to buy them. Yeah, there is that. Yes, they are a hundred dollars, but you do get free shipping in the next i mean there's always a deal on this fanatic site it makes you i mean that's a little trick joe they're trying to make you feel like oh i gotta buy it now you know even though they constantly have a deal on free shipping like it's i've never went on this website and they've said 
it's shipping's not free. It's always been, hey, we have free shipping if you do this. Like it's constantly like that. They have like a countdown timer here. Like in 12 hours when this countdown ends, they're just going to have another free shipping deal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Grand Finals tickets now on sale in Philadelphia, Joe. It's true. Um, exciting stuff. Uh, it's not sold out yet, um, so you can still get tickets. But I might. Do I go to this one? I went last year in New in Brooklyn. It was awesome. Um, God, when's it going to be? End of September. It, it should be. I think so. It's like the 29th or something. Yeah. It should be at a time where I can go. Um, the off season for my job. Yeah, Do I go, Joe? I don't know. That is the question. I mean, everyone should tweet at me, let me know if I should go or if it's going to just be a GOATS fiasco where I just shouldn't go. If it's just going to be San Francisco, Vancouver, according to everybody, you know. Maybe it'll be too boring. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it should be interesting. I'm, I'm glad Philadelphia got it. It's on sale now. Yeah, they got a bunch of different like, types of tickets you can get to. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Have you looked? I haven't looked at... Um, so <laughs> I, don't, I, st- I don't remember much, but um, I mean, there's like, you know, standard all the way up to like the super platinum deluxe master or whatever thing that's got like you know floor seats in like actual chairs and you get like but i think one of the perks for that is like um it's like table service or something like they'll serve you drinks or something which is i guess something and you get a signed soldier 76 statue like they do sometimes and Mm, stuff like that that's like the super mega deluxe ultra pack gotcha um yeah so i'm looking at tickets now prices so if you want a floor seat way at the front it's 169 dollars floor seat not at the front 149 dollars and then you got lower bowl 99 um i'm guessing lower bowl a little higher up 84 club seat 84 um lower bowl probably there there's like a little upper part of the lower bowl 69 some more clubs for 69 um and then upper bowl 55 or 49 um yeah that's uh, club seats that'd be interesting um apparently that's not as expensive as as uh being being on the floor though so i mean it's still decently far away but i wonder how how that's gonna work i don't know ticket limit of eight floor seats starting with row four include the master upgrade oh the master upgrade gets the dedicated entrance show and a grand uh, finals bag and a 3d collectible lent- lenticular with lanyard what the heck's a lenticular i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um all wait all 99 dollar seats and include that 3d collectible with a lanyard though so that's not just a master upgrade thing it's if you get a 99 dollars. there's a lot of options here this is i don't remember that all these options being um at brooklyn but i guess that's probably just like a wells fargo center exclusive oh and you get a meet and greet with overwatch league all-stars uh-huh. with this oh that's with the grandmaster upgrade 
There you go. I think that's what I was talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> um, not to be confused with the master upgrade, obviously, because the grandmaster upgrade, the master it's upgrade's like, thirty thirty nine dollars. The grandmaster upgrade's eighty dollars. It's like five hundred SR higher. Yeah, that's double the price. That's and the only extra thing you get is a meet and greet. So they are they are <laughs> pricing the meet and greet at forty dollars. There you go. That's how much they think meeting Overwatch League stars is worth, guys. Uh, but they also get wait they get a they get an earlier entrance than the master guys. Okay. So so that's a that's a little bit more. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this podcast where me and Joe dive into <laughs> ticket prices and different options <laughs> and, and, and audio only uh, uh, shirt criticisms. Yes, audio only. That's a fantastic title. That's the title. <laughs> audio only shirt criticisms. That should be our new podcast name in general. <laughs> Uh, but let's move on to some roster changes here. Um, Bunny has left the Los Angeles Valiant. Um, another one bites the dust here um, with with the Los Angeles Valiant roster, per per usual. Um, Bunny's been Bunny was there since the beginning, right? I think so. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Forever, and he's gone now. Um, he hasn't had that much. Has he played this year? Probably, uh, cer- but certainly not much. I would think, but I don't know. Yeah, um, he, but he he's played a... lots of tracer usually. I think. Yeah, like, yeah, he's last season. Yeah, he was their DPS. He was their like Sabre will be obviously not as good as Sabre will be. I'm just comparing them as far as position goes. Um, so he he wasn't that useful this year. Ended up leaving. Um, so he left personally. Yeah, it's like mutually him? parted ways or something. Hmm. Okay. Um, Same thing with Guardian, I think, and Shanghai. Yes, Guardian has left Shanghai. He also didn't get playing time really either. So both of these are not that bad for their teams, I guess. Um, both just players who didn't want to be on the team anymore, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Kodak to to the Atlanta Academy. Um, and again, the way this was announced sounds like that was mostly his idea. Okay. Um, that you know, it's not like he was demoted, but um, it's sort of like I alluded to earlier in the show that um, with all three of these changes, you got to wonder if um, you know they're leaving these teams just so they don't have to sit on a bench, so they can yeah. get in and and actually play stuff and have have playing experience i mean um you know that most of the bench players from season one um you know and i don't have tons of examples but most of them are out of the league now if not out of like professional overwatch completely um that you've got to um the you know if you you want to get picked up by another team or if you want to you know maintain a spot to an extent you just got to keep practicing and keep keep your edge so that you know, um, you can stay irrelevant. Like, I wonder if that's part of it. That's true. I mean, you have player a lot of bench players last year, like clockwork, moving to like coaching positions. I mean, you have you, you had a lot of players last year who just didn't have. They 
they just had to move to either out of professional Overwatch or to academy teams or um, contenders teams. Um, they, I mean, they just they just didn't have the experience that that other players did, and that's not attractive to the other Overwatch League teams to pick up, really. So it makes sense for Bunny. For Bunny, all these players to, to move somewhere, uh, move out of their bench role, or for Kodak, move somewhere where they actually get playing time. Uh, we'll see if Bunny or Guardian move to a com- contender's team now or try to find an Overwatch League team that maybe thinks they, they can fit them in their starting lineup somehow. Um, but honestly, for Bunny, if the Los Angeles Valiant, uh, an awful team, can't fit you in, in their lineup, you're probably just going to move to contender's somewhere. Um, but it's different for I, I I don't know if Shanghai I don't think Shanghai has a contenders team but I know Valiant doesn't um, so they didn't really probably have that option that Kodak had where Kodak could just say hey I'm, not, I'm sick of being on the bench I want to play um, and so just go down to the academy team that Atlanta Rain already has there for him to use which is nice um, so that that's that's a benefit of contenders team that's right. Sure. <laughs> um, this is oh, news yes. that just came out like two hours ago. This, this is big news. Um, this is big news over esports in general because um, Optic is such a. Okay, well, I should say the news first. Immortals uh, Gaming, if you don't know what that they are, that is um, the owners of the Los Angeles Valiant, is, is Immortals Gaming basically um and they have bought out optic gaming who has had all this trouble the past year just can't afford to run this organization anymore basically uh optic owns the houston outlaws um so this is this is big news and it's hard it was hard for them to do this specifically because optic owns uh immortals owns la valiant optic owns houston outlaws so Immortals can't own Houston Outlaws, uh, according to the league rules, because that obviously no one can own two teams in this league. That would be that there would be a big, <laughs> a lot of uh, weird things happening there, um, where maybe they just <laughs> I, I have no clue what could happen there. Where you don't want to own two two teams. Does it say in this article what's going to happen? Um. Yeah, the Immortals, or the organization Immortals Gaming Club, um, somehow is going to manage um, the Houston Outlaws um, as a distinct entity with its own dedicated staff, uh, pending the sale of the franchise to a third party. Hmm. Um, okay. The Overwatch League will provide oversight and monitor the team operations to ensure competitive integrity during the transition period. Interesting. So they, so they're just putting trust in them to. Um... Yeah. I mean, it's hard to just find someone random to just, like, to take this Overwatch League team, I guess. Um, and th- especially one that's, like, got a bunch of issues, probably no, almost no staff, bare minimum staff because of how little money they've had. Um, so I guess it makes sense just treating it almost as a different entity, giving it its own GM, maybe even its own sort of owner compared to Noel Winston who who is the sort of owner of Los Angeles Valiant maybe giving it sort of just its own thing works um, I mean as long as 
Overwatch League is there to make sure that the integrity is kept and this isn't actually I don't know. It still feels like it still feels a little weird to me, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out. Have uh, have they played each other yet this season? I'm curious now. Let's see. Houston, LA Valiant. They played in stage one, so I guess it's it. Yeah, they played stage one week four. Hmm. Well, yeah, it does say interim basis, so maybe they're finding. Maybe they're finding someone else. Being the staff. Oh, pending the sale of the franchise to a third party. Yeah. Okay. Um. I would say Echo Fox should join Overwatch League, but they're also having, <laughs> they're also having uh, some investor Money issues. Problems. Yeah. Yes. With uh, I don't know if you've heard Joe, but the 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 old racist investor we have. So, um, yeah, probably not the best time to to be buying things. Um. So yeah, that's I mean that's pretty big news for Houston Outlaws because I don't think they've been able to make roster changes because they've basically had no money. Uh, so that's really big that they finally have support there, uh, especially for staff. I think that's a huge thing for Houston too, is that they need some new staff members. They have some great players. They probably need a, a, um, a few more, but uh, staff especially. Um, Overwatch League viewer. Uh, so I briefly got to use this last night. Uh, watched a couple games, a couple maps. That is, enjoyed myself thoroughly. There's no caster sound still, Joe. Yeah, um, which I mean, uh, on the one hand, I guess it makes sense because it's not, you know, intended to be just like a way to watch the match. I, I, I mean, because I assume the way. Like when they invented it, the way they intended it to be was like more of actually just being able to go in and find your own stuff and figure, uh, you, you know, do your own analysis rather than just literally a way to get a replay of the match. Because if you wanted to do that, you could just watch the, the Twitch video. But um, yeah, on the other hand, it would still be you know not terrible. Um, if nothing else, you could just to practice your observing skills. Like if you just played it. Uh, like if you wanted to be an observer one day <laughs> you, mm. you could just play the game and uh, with the caster audio and like try to get good angles and stuff I don't know but uh, but yeah no, it's cool they've got all the all the matches and all the maps and stuff I think they said there was gonna it was gonna come out every Monday after all the yeah. games and it was it was Tuesday this week but I assume that's just because of like the launch of the client but now that it's there hopefully they'll have it um, yeah every monday to get for people to look at yeah the, i would say this is definitely more for hardcore fans than casual ones um because you you obviously control it yourself and there's no caster audio so you're kind of just you the reason you would use this is to like go in depth on something it's for people who want to do map reviews and stuff like that uh and understand i think i think this is a great way i mean but this doesn't translate to solo queue that much but i think it is a great way to learn basic mechanics of heroes if you are playing any of the goats heroes that is it's a fantastic way to learn certain mechanics of heroes you want to play too if you just click on one of these games 
and watch Bumper play Reinhardt, see how see how that's done. Watch Jonak play Zenyatta and stuff like that. See where he's positioned and all that. Um, especially if you go to his perspective, you you could trick your brain, Joe, into thinking you are Jonak because you are first person. And if you're just holding the mouse and keyboard like you're playing, you know, you could trick your mind into thinking, "Wow, I am I am Jonak. I am this good." <laughs> Well, and in fact, if nothing else, um, you can. Um, this this will serve kind of like an uh, alternative to like the Twitch All Access Pass. Like, if you don't own that, uh, this is your way to go in and and get the games and watch from any you know player perspective that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Only difference being it's not live. It's not live, but yeah, if that's a way to think about it, I guess. It's it's like a supplement to to the to the viewer to the twitch all access pass viewer because uh the all access passers don't get replays of the povs so they'll have to go to this it's true Uh, so you don't get replays with all access but you don't get live with this free thing so um it's nice it's a nice now we get replays joe from povs that's good uh let's move on to week number two um, there are some interesting storylines to watch get, of games we're not picking. Houston, San Francisco. Houston's last game, of course, against New York, uh, and they were super close. Can they do the same against San Francisco? Is the question. Uh, if they could pull out a win, I would be so surprised. Uh, but that would that that that's that's happening. <laughs> San Francisco Soul is the match of the week, which is. Of course, is the match of the week always going to be Sunday? The first I, match. I, th- I think so. I think that was. Is that what they, they said? And I think they've like. I think they've rescheduled a bunch of matches to be on Sunday, the first match, because of it. Yeah, um, they modified it a little bit. Yeah. The schedule. So that, yeah, we didn't go over match of the week too much, but San Francisco Soul is the match of the week. We're not picking that match because I think we would both pick San Francisco, and I think we would both be right. Um, yeah, so probably. I'm, so I'm glad Joe didn't put it on there. Um, and then, yeah, you have some other good matches like Vancouver Hangzhou has the potential to be good with how good Hangzhou's doing lately, but Vancouver will probably win. Um, and yeah, you just have a bunch of matches like that, basically. I mean, you have Atlanta Seoul. Atlanta continues its its. Uh, it's hard, hard schedule. Hard, hard <laughs> schedule where they're surprisingly doing fine in it. I mean, they they face Vancouver, San Francisco, New York, where they're New York twice. Those are their last four matches, and they've gone two two and two. So it's that's true. not bad. Um, but yeah, and now they face Shanghai and Seoul. Speaking of Shanghai and Atlanta, that's the first game we're picking, Joe. Um, and I believe last week uh, we both we both got three right, correct? Uh, yeah, we both had three, so it's like 26 and 24. Okay, so I'm still in the lead, so I got to pick first here. Uh, the new rule, Shanghai, Atlanta. Shanghai is looking better and better each week. Same with Atlanta, though, and they're facing... I mean, Shanghai is a... Is a reasonably decent matchup compared to, <laughs> compared to San Francisco, Vancouver, New York... Um, so you'd think Atlanta would would come out win this game, um, but I'm gonna go Shanghai. I I think they've been looking 
They've been looking great lately. I think they continue it here with a win against Atlanta. Um, yeah, so now it's me, and um, that's what I was leaning towards as well. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I think I am staying with Shanghai here. Um, that yeah, it's you know Atlanta's definitely they've they've got uh, they've got some strength to them, and I think definitely to beat Shanghai this um, next week would be huge, um, and, and um, you know potentially change my opinion of them going into the rest of the stage. But in the meantime. Um, yeah, you've got to give the edge to, you know, stage two playoff team Shanghai, um, and not, you know, only because of that necessarily, but uh, they've, got, they've got to be looking a little bit better, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I think Atlanta plays close against every team. I think this will this will be close, but I think Shanghai's looking really good lately. Uh, game right after that is the Dallas Fuel versus Chengdu on Thursday. Uh, Dallas Fuel. I mean, both of them coming off some pretty, pretty some weeks they maybe not want not want to remember. They're gonna to want to forget that that week one there. Um, fuel getting some at least by the Gladiators, but Chengdu losing to the Valiant and Guangzhou Charge, two teams below them in the standings. Um, I think Guangzhou's still below them in the standings, even though they beat them. Uh, so two teams that maybe not necessarily looking their best lately. Dallas Fuel had a uh, uh, went, of course made stage playoffs but they had a pretty easy stage last stage um, but do you think Chengdu can bounce back Joe? Well I guess I'm answering first I'm always <laughs> asking questions when I need to be the one to answer them um, Chengdu Dallas I still think I think Dallas is a better team than Chengdu Chengdu's Chengdu's been on a bit of a skid uh, not only a bit of a skid a a large skid as of late, um, and they are con- they are just climbing down that ladder in the standings. And although I do think Dallas is a little worse than what their record shows and what their position in the standings shows, just because their schedule's been pretty easy, I still think they're better than Chengdu. So I'm gonna I'm going Dallas. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my pick as well. Uh, same thing. I, I think I'm. I'm staying with that there. I mean, um, yeah, regardless of uh, Chengdu's problems in week one, I mean, I think uh, you're right. Dallas is a little bit of a stronger team, and they've got, um, they definitely got the resume for it as far as that goes. <laughs> uh, speaking of Chengdu, the two teams that beat Chengdu last week will now face each other the Guangzhou Charge and Los Angeles Valiant. Uh, both these teams near the bottom of the standings. Uh, but it should be a close one. Both of these teams have shown that they're very similar because both of these teams have shown some potential, even though they're near the bottom. Um, Guangzhou, I mean, Valiant, of course, have have some amazing players and had a great season last season, not showing up this season, obviously. Uh, but now they got fact fiction. They're looking a, a little better. They're improving each stage, uh, whereas Guangzhou... Um, They've been using some new players as well. Uh, they, I mean, coming into the season, people people were hyped for, for a lot of these players. They're not performing as well as people would like them to. Um, pretty similar situations, Joe. Uh, but I must pick first again. I cannot ask you a question. Um, this, hmm, this is going to be, I'm going to go LA Valiant here. 
I like the LA Valiant. I like fact fiction. Uh, I, I like I like the LA Valiant in general. I'm the one who's been spewing some weird stuff on this podcast before, saying that LA Valiant could still make wild card. I don't know if that's still true. I haven't I haven't thought about that in a while. But I, I like the LA Valiant roster in general, and I think I think they'll win this one. Joe, who you got? Um, yeah, so uh, I think depending on how these, these last two predictions go, I may go back and actually change my Shanghai Atlanta one, but we'll see. Mm. Um, uh, but yes, ahead of time, I, I was also thinking uh, Valiant for this one. Um, it, you know, they've been, um, they, they're, they're going pretty hot, I think, um, obviously from week one. Um, but, but uh, you know, I, I also would tend to agree with you that they're, um, probably at least a little bit of a better team uh, than their record would imply. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we're really going with teams on the struggle bus this week for our uh, for our picks here. Philadelphia versus Boston, both of these teams struggling hard lately, even though they had a very, very strong start to the season. Another similar matchup. Both of these teams, similar seasons. Um, God, this is... I look at both of these teams. My immediate reaction, Joe, is these teams aren't good right now. Um, that's all I think of when I look at both of these teams. But which one isn't as good as the other is the question. That it um, is. I'm going to go Boston here so slightly. I guarantee this goes to five maps. Uh, but I'm going to go with Boston here. I, I don't, this is, this is the thing. I have no clue why, but I just have, I, this, this one's a premonition. This one's a feeling that I have that I think Boston, maybe their players will be a little more acclimated. Um, I mean, God, both teams, it's hard to pick either <laughs> team to win. <laughs> um, I mean, we were talking about this before the show that, you know, there's, only only so many matches by now at this point in the season that are interesting to pick um and also you know potentially interesting to watch (laughs) yeah it's so interesting because i'm sitting here like either one i would have picked i would have been like how do i compliment this team and say that i think they're good because every time i pick someone to win i'm like oh i think this is really good about them and i think that's what's going to shine here like I think just one team's gonna shine more than the other, but not necessarily. I don't know. It's hard to like say what's what the difference differentiating moment between these two teams is gonna be because they've just been looking pretty awful lately, both of them. So, I mean, there's gonna have to be a shining moment, and they're both coming off of. Philadelphia's gonna be playing the Gladiators. Boston's gonna be playing Houston. Um, so I mean, if there's a possibility both of those teams lose those those games too, and then <laughs> I don't know, we'll we'll see. Who do, who do you have, Joe? Yeah. So uh, uh, in this case, I am also going Boston. Um, that yeah, normally um, you know, I might tend to, uh, to to pick Philly um, in some of their matchups. You know, in general, I am a fan, but. Um, yeah, this this last week was not good for them. No. Um, this is not not helpful to watch. Um, that 
yeah, something's going to change. I mean, when Monty tells you on Twitter um, that you would probably need to try playing Fraggy and just see what happens, uh, (laughs) I mean, that's... uh, You you know, that's notable. You you got to think something's going on there. But... uh, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna also I'm also picking Boston for that series, which means I guess uh, assuming I'm allowed to do this, I don't know if we've I don't know if we've yeah. done this before on this show. You um, are allowed to do this. Uh, then I'm gonna I guess go back and change uh, my pick for Atlanta uh, versus Shanghai uh, in the, this first game that we picked because uh, it's certainly possible it's gonna be a close match either way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think this is probably the most realistic out of like you said their last four matches um in terms of something that um, atlanta could reasonably win yeah exactly um so i i think that that might be a good that might be a good change there joe that could that could bring you closer to me you're only down two that would make you only (laughs) down one uh but that's all we got for this week guys uh we're back we're back to our long form episodes joe we got a lot of talk a lot to talk about uh, and we're back to Overwatch League. Thank, thank goodness. Um, with with a lot of changes and a replay viewer too. For those weekends where I'm where I'm working at League of Legends, I can now go back and watch the games like I am in them, which is fantastic. It's true. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's close this out with our social media. Uh, my Twitter it's at jwgeorgeiv joe's twitter is at kirkpatrick underscore inc that's inc follow us on there you can also follow our show uh you can see our picks the standings for our picks up there uh at on the flank show is our twitter account you can tweet at us you can email us on the flank show at gmail.com if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about uh you are listening to this in one way if you'd like to listen to it in a different way you can go to onaflake.podbean.com my youtube channel that's john george you're most likely going to be finding that on my twitter you can find us on itunes apple podcast spotify and google play thank you guys for listening uh and we hope you have a fantastic week two 